0: me okay so totally just lost my train of thought so just give me a moment shoot what was i gonna say
1: it's because she was thinking about sleeping
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i became entranced okay i'm ready <laughs> Okay. um
2: Welcome to the Knows Love podcast. I am Father Michael,
0: and I'm Molly,
2: and we have a special guest today.
0: Who are you, special guest today?
2: I happen to be <laughs> Father Jonas Shell. Father Jonas Shell, welcome!
0: Yay!
2: Yay! <laughs> Another priest of the Diocese of Steubenville. He's got a beard. He and does. He's a pastor of a, a great parish.
1: That's right. It is a great parish.
2: Yeah. What
0: parish are you at, Father Jonas? I don't know.
1: Our Lady of Mercy in okay. Carrollton, and um, Saint Mary's of the Immaculate Conception in Morges.
0: How far is that-ish from here?
1: About 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I (laughs) knew
0: that you were like close-ish, but yeah.
1: It's in the middle of nowhere, but on the way to other places. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Convenient. If you're on the way to another country
2: place, it's on the way. It's there, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, well, at least the one in Carrollton is like a brand new church. Brand new. It looks beautiful. They did a great job. Oh, that's awesome. It's a beacon on a hill. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So
0: we, we were just talking about this before, we often like to have just different people on we're trying to do it more this mm-hmm. is probably like the third time um just to share about their life and how they know and love god and, and live out their faith and so that's what we want to do today with father jonas Um just kind of him some questions about his story and his life and his priesthood and just give you the opportunity listeners to hear someone else other than the, mm-hmm. the two of us nutjobs <laughs> <laughs> talking about god
2: <laughs> yeah i just listened to the last episode and nutjob is a it's accurate a, description. A good summary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Father Jonas. Yes. How, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, I assume you weren't born a priest, but. I yeah, I was not born a priest. No. no. Yeah.
0: That's crazy, because Father Michael actually was. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I grew up uh, kind of Catholic. I chose to be baptized when I was about six years old. I had the uh, Catholic grandma, church lady, and. Uh, I don't. I. You know. I mean. It was God's grace because um, my parents let me choose whether or not I wanted to be baptized, and I chose to go to Catholic school because I had the choice for that too. I chose to do that and chose to be baptized afterwards and was confirmed and received Holy Communion. And I remember one of the specific things about <clears throat> being young is I remember I wanted to be a saint, uh, and I think it was more because Saint Francis was our patron saint of the hometown and. He could talk to animals, so I thought, (laughs) hey, man. That's very fair. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to be able to talk to animals, you got to be a saint. Uh So that was kind of the impetus, maybe. But uh, anyway, it was a good education, and uh, I I had a good moral education from school and family. But um, I ended up falling away from the faith at a young age, at about 12. Uh, Started getting into things that I shouldn't get into, and uh, it was very—over time, it became very depressing. And I always remember that— like during the times that I was into bad things and my friends were doing bad things, I would still have a conscience about it and uh, knew it was wrong. Mm.
3: But
1: anyway, it just led to depression in general, like a very, very bad depression. So I knew it wasn't good. It's the via negativa, you know, the mm-hmm. negative way to lead you to God. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so I, the big conversion point was, was twofold. Basically, my uh, dad took me on a vacation out in Georgian Bay, which is some beautiful place up in Canada, um, it has like, it's like the, the lake of 10,000 islands or something. I don't know. There's some claim to cool. it, but there's a bunch of rock islands out there. The water's pristine. It was beautiful. I was there by myself with no crazy friends and, um, couldn't do the things I usually would do on a daily basis. Uh, there was only one case of beer for the whole week <laughs> for everybody on the trip. Life so, is tough. <laughs> so there was no uh, sneaking anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, there was no store. So anyway, uh, I would just wake up at like 6 in the morning, which was unusual for me at the time, and go jump in the beautiful water, rise up and see the sun shining. And it was a lot, honestly, like baptism. And this, I just saw the beauty of creation. So that was a big thing, just realizing that, hey, may, maybe there is a God. Like beauty, beauty struck me in creation. And th- I thought, yeah, maybe there really is a God. And then the other thing was there were these two kids that I had to babysit. Like it was a timeshare, and there was these people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to go off and do their own things. And so they asked this 18-year-old kid they didn't know to watch their kids to keep them from drowning, basically. <laughs> but uh, So I would watch the kids, and they'd ask me all these questions, and I realized that they were innocent. And their innocence struck me so much. And I wished for everything that they would never become like me. So that was another via negativa thing. Like, I don't want other people doing this. And uh, also, it was just beautiful to see that they were innocent and reminded me of being innocent when I was a kid. So that's the kind of basic conversion story. Mm -hmm. There's all, you know, I can give that for like an hour, but with details, but let's spare the details. (laughs) Um, You want to know how I became a priest?
2: Yeah, I think that's,
1: maybe that can be the Yeah, how'd that second l- half.
0: lead into then?
1: Well then, that. Yeah, after that dramatic event,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I went to Franciscan University, uh, mainly because I'm a commuter. I wanted to go to art school originally mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, but my parents were like, you can't do that because you don't have a scholarship. So I mm-hmm. went to Franciscan, and uh, just taking Catholicism 101 and getting, getting all these preconceived uh, prejudices that I had built up against the church, knocked out of my brain, realizing all the stuff I thought isn't correct about what the church teaches or what it is. Uh, Hanging out with, uh, I worked on the work crew with some guys that were really strong Catholics, and they were very helpful in answering a lot of questions I had at the time. And uh, just generally wanting to, like not wanting to live that life where I was full of depression and and having this conversion towards God, uh, kind of that maybe God exists. And then having all this good influence really helped me to solidify that now what really took me over the edge you could say into the back to the catholic faith was there was a girl in my psychology class who sat in front of me and i talked to her all the time so i uh saw her out one day and asked her if she'd like to go to lunch with me on a date and she was like oh i would love to i'm going to mass right now do you want to come to mass with me and i said okay you know i hadn't (laughs) been in like eight years so I went to mass and totally forgot about the girl and was totally focused on the Eucharist and had a is a special I think it was a special grace because I really knew I knew that the Eucharist was Jesus and mm-hmm. I knew that I shouldn't receive him because I knew that I needed to go to confession. Oh wow! And so I went to confession the next day uh, and then went the day after because I'd forgotten so many things to <laughs> confess, and then I was a daily communicant after that day. So that's how that worked out. And shortly after that, I started uh, getting feelings that. I might be called to be a priest. So, and that basically the priesthood thing was that God kind of nagged at me, I guess you could say, it. not in a bad way. I mean, sometimes it felt that way, but <laughs> right. most of the time it felt pretty good. But sometimes it was like, it, like I would look in the mirror and see a caller and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it was just small things over time. So that was the generic way in which God called me to be a priest. It took about four years' time to. For it to solidify there were some um detours along the way you <laughs> but know, you some... made it I, I did make it yeah. you made that's... it to the final destination <laughs> yeah. I did but it's not really though right yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a
0: good point <laughs>
1: now
2: being a priest it's like now I have to really grow up <laughs> that's a really good point because it's like it's not like you suddenly get there and then you're done and then you're holy and being a priest is easy it's still like a a choice every day.
0: I've really heard it's easy, actually. Oh, okay. I think your experience differs. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, all we do
2: is sleep and <laughs> <'till> Sunday. Sunday. <laughs>
0: yeah. How far apart were your were your ordinations? One year. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was
1: actually ordained a deacon with him on, when he was ordained a priest. Yeah, oh, same wow. Day. Mm-hmm. And then served. Oh, that's
0: for his cool.
2: First mass. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was cool. So we've known each other a while now. Like 13 years yeah. or something. Holy cow. Yep.
0: Well, BFFs. Mm-hmm. BFFs. When. Okay. <laughs> When you guys are being ordained, I was 10. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) He hates that I bring this up. One of the things that we've talked about before is like this because this is just like I think when like coronavirus started, we talked about different things that happen at different like in the world and mm-hmm. how old we were. And when 9-11 happened, I was in preschool. And he was oh like, I was yeah. in... what? Were you in college? or were Yeah, in first year you in college. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, you're, you're old. What? I was like a sophomore in high school or a junior, or a freshman. We
2: don't need to say
0: when uh, you're
1: born <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Mm.
0: Anyway, I yeah. just thought that was funny. Um, yep. <laughs> here's a question I have for you. Um, I guess since... Your, and this is less about maybe your personal story, but kind of more how what you would share with others based on your personal story like what was one of the most important things you learned about like discernment during those four-ish years um that of of your discernment of the priesthood
1: yeah, no, that's a good question I think um a big thing so there was a time I felt really called to the priesthood and had like a lot of graces, especially when I first converted, you know, I wanted to pray a lot. I was going to daily communion. Um, I would go to the adoration chapel for like an hour a day, you know, and just pray a lot about things. I started doing works of mercy. So getting, getting involved with helping other people in the area, especially, um, so a lot of those things were influencing me in a positive way towards living a life of service in that way, even though oddly enough, being a priest, you don't do a lot of. works of mercy, per se- I mean, not in the way that we think of them, like sh- uh, giving food to the hungry or mm-hmm, shelter right. to those who are homeless, but um, but all that had an, an, an influence on me in that kind of way, um, but the biggest thing about discernment was eventually, so the other part of the story is that I did end up dating a girl, so can I tell that little...
0: So, I would love to hear that. Yeah, yeah you want to hear that part I wanna of the story? Hear, I want to hear the, the tea, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... When I decided or thought that I was being called to be a priest, I kind of didn't know what I was doing. And I know all I knew was that if you were in seminary, you had to study philosophy and uh, you weren't I couldn't get married. So I decided I'm not going to date and I'm going to start studying philosophy now. And so and I went to, like, talk to priests about it. But kind of, I don't know, in my youngness, I didn't really I just don't know what I was for some reason, I wasn't like in, I didn't join the priestly discernment program at the school, and I, was, I don't know what I was up to. But anyway, so all I knew was those two things, and but at the same time, I was learning how to. Um, I get, got I, I had received a lot of confidence from God. Uh, whenever I had a conversion. And one of the things I wanted to learn how to do was dance, like as I went to one of those swing dance things with a great lady named Katrina Zeno. I don't think she's in the... I think she's in Arizona. I I took
2: swing dancing lessons from her. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 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 my God. She also happens
1: to be a Theology of the Body teacher. Mm -hmm. And so as she was teaching me swing dance, she would teach me Theology of the Body mixed in with the swing dance. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) So anyway, but what happened was I ended
1: up taking these private lessons, got really good at swing dancing, would go to Pittsburgh like every... Every weekend that we could, and we'd all go out and swing dance at this school, this old school house. Have you been there? Are you shaking your head? You know no, what I'm it's talking just
0: about? awesome. I haven't been there, but that's awesome. <laughs> that was
1: such a Franciscan thing at yeah. the time. It was, mm-hmm. but yeah. it was kind of cool, though, because it was more like a grad student thing to go out to that place. Cool. Because like, mm-hmm. that kind of swing dancing wasn't throwing people in the air, and we, okay. we were against the throws. We were <laughs> more about the just the moves mm-hmm. in general. So anyway. <laughs> Point being, I was able to dance, which is what leads me to dating this girl, because uh, I, ha- I was in psychology class and sat next to this other girl named, uh, I won't I guess I won't say her full name, but Danielle.
0: Psychology is the place to be, <laughs> I apparently.
1: Guess. That, have you met people in psychology <laughs> No, you,
0: didn't you meet the other girl in psychology yes, class? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah.
1: But this wasn't the girl that I met. It was her friend. Oh,
0: okay. So, but we would A sit, twist.
1: <laughs> we would chat in psychology class all the time, and uh, one day she was like, hey, our friend doesn't have a date to the winter formal Mm -hmm. and she's like it wouldn't be and i was like i don't want to go on a date because i'm you know the whole thing like i think i'm going to be a priest and blah 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 and like oh it's not a problem though because she has a boyfriend back home and little did i know that wasn't really going well you know (laughs) they were kind of lying to me a little bit (laughs) (laughs) anyway so i took this girl on it uh, to the dance we had a really good time I i was kind of smitten by this girl so um we stayed in contact for the whole summer after that school year, and I just really wanted to – like, I couldn't – it's like I couldn't help myself. Like, I wanted to date the girl. Yeah. Know? So I ended up um, pursuing her, uh, trying to get her to date me, which took a little while, but then finally did, and we were, you know, doing lots of stuff. School was tough. I was playing basketball for the school at the time, full, full load, and then trying – I would go – Franciscan is not known for um, – giving preference to sports teams. So They might be now, but uh, they were much less whenever I played club mm-hmm. basketball. You know? right. So our, yeah. our practice, I think, started at 9 o'clock, and we didn't get done until 11 p.m. Wow. wow. So, so I would go visit her after. <laughs> <laughs> this is commitment. Oh, this is gosh. the only time I had, yeah. So anyway we dated for a long time and i but i kept on feeling that nagging so we dated for like that first semester then she went to austria and i couldn't get over that nagging business and i remember this is where the discernment part comes in so all that long story to tell you this very important part about discernment yes uh-huh. okay so which is that um i would go to the chapel every day for an hour before i would pray and it would just be you know i'd be praying with scripture or I would be you know like just there in the presence of god but whenever this whole dating thing had happened i would be praying the whole hour, like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me, you want me to get married? you want me to become a priest mm-hmm. For, forever? You know, like the whole semester, basically, until some point, probably during uh, later in the spring of the second semester, I I was praying about it, and I, I believe it's from God. It could have just been from me. I've, I don't like to be, you know, state with certainty those things. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, the question came into my head, what would you do if God gave you the choice? Mm-hmm. And immediately I said, I would become a priest. And so, like, having—it's like, oh, it's not just that God wants me to be a priest. I want to be a priest. Like, there's something in my heart that tells me I want to be a priest. It's not—and I do love the girl, but it's not Mm -hmm. what I want deep, deep, deep—like, it's not the deepest thing that I want. Yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess—and usually when I talk to people about discernment, I try to tell them, like, God doesn't want you to do something that's not going to make you happy. I mean— Sometimes it can be that we're not living a life where we can discern that. I mean, you have to be living a, a moral life to some degree. You know, you have to be at least going to the sacraments and mm-hmm. trying, right? Yeah. Trying to live the moral life and trying mm-hmm. to live by the commandments. But uh, then we can easily discern the desires of our hearts because that's the whole thing. It's like I, the way another way of thinking about it is that God puts— um, God has made our hearts, and uh, our heartstrings get played by many things. Mm-hmm. But God can play our heartstrings too, and he plays them in such a way that they're consistent, right? He consistently yes. plays and helps you. Un- he leads you to the deepest foundations of what you really want.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that's so useful. I don't know what I expected you to say. I don't think it was that, though. But I think that's so crucial because I think even like people like who are very— very much so practicing their faith and all that. Something that I think could be really easy to get lost in is that mindset of like, I had, I, I have to do what God wants me to do, which is good and true. But like also that God works with our happiness and like, he's not going to ask you to do something that won't make you happy. Right. Um, and I, so I think that's, I'm really glad you said that because I think that's really huge and just important to remember. Like if you know, you'll be miserable doing something <laughs> good chance that's not what god wants Mm -hmm. you to do yeah (laughs) not to say there's not i'm sure hardship and struggle and struggles in the vocation of the priesthood but like that overall deep joy that you both i'm sure receive from it um it's
2: exuding isn't it
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was frowning when i said that.
2: i think (laughs) the other half of it and i think it's something we all have to remember like thinking about dating that girl made you happy too. Dating that girl made you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And just that idea, like we're choosing between discerning like good choosing between good things. That's right. And that uh um especially if you're you're in your vocation or I think about like married people, like you're gonna our hearts do all sorts of things. It's about choosing what's really good. And so yeah, I think that's just something to always go back to is that we're choosing good things, not, not good and bad. Like not dating her wasn't a bad thing, but, uh, yeah. Like seeking what, what is truly good and what truly makes us happy.
1: Yeah. And it was a good Christian relationship. And Mm -hmm. also like, as you know, uh, Father Michael, that it's, it's important for a priest to actually want to be a father. Yeah. You know, you want to be like, it's, you're denying one good for another good. It's Mm -hmm. not that you're, uh, like, I don't, it's not like I didn't want kids or didn't want a Mm -hmm. wife. You know what I mean? Like I wanted those things. And, but I felt that I was supposed to do something else uh, and to be a father in a different way. And I do mm-hmm. feel, as a priest, I can say now, I do feel like a father. I mean, it's it's not just a, you are a father, mm-hmm. so you have to, and you have children,
2: even though they're like 80 and 40 and 60. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's something that's been striking me lately, that um, priests are actually fathers, and having to really, like I've, for myself, like embrace that, uh, not it's not just an analogy. It's not just like, oh, you're kind of like a father and people joking on Father's Day as they leave. Oh, happy Father's Day. I guess that's you too. But uh, <laughs> as they leave mass. But uh, <laughs> you're laughing because you know it's true. I do know <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but uh, just that priests actually are fathers. And I think that really unleashes like the beauty of what the priest is really about. I did too, yeah.
1: I mean, dedication, especially, like the idea of being dedicated to your kids and loving your bride. Mm -hmm. That's the similar, just like marriage. You know, I would give, if I were to give marriage advice, it'd usually be to remember your, like what scripture says is to remember the bride of your youth and to think about like giving your life for the bride. That's your vocation. That's how you uh, make your life holy. So likewise, as the priest, as a a diocesan priest, as a parish priest, it's really giving your life to the parish. Um, Not in like a, like you're supposed to be their father so you have to give them the goods like this the you have to lead them right appropriately but you also have to talk to your parishioners and know your bride and know their hearts mm-hmm. and understand mm-hmm. them like you can't just force things down on them you want them to be led into goodness and into beauty so
0: yeah well oh, that's amazing I wish I could be a priest <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs>
1: But another discernment thing, I just think father and mother, fatherhood and motherhood, like you were, we were saying, that's uh, that's, I think everybody, and I I know this is hard because I know especially um, like ladies who don't have uh, kids, um, or you know mothers, wives who can't have children and stuff like that. It's hard for them. Uh, That kills. That's the worst thing in the world is to deal with, not to deal with it, but to like encounter people who suffer that in particular. Like Mm -hmm. you can imagine, like Elizabeth in the scripture, you know, Mm it was a righteous woman, couldn't have a kid forever. But anyway, um, everybody, they're still called to be mothers and the the guys are still called to be fathers. And no matter what um, part of life you're in, you're still called to exercise that, unless you're a small child, but you (laughs) know, if you're (laughs) you're an adult, you're called to be a father or a mother in some way or another spiritually, Mm -hmm. right? So it doesn't matter what part of life you're in, you have to, Learn that anyway, yeah. to some degree.
0: Yeah. Um, this is kinda of switching gears, but another question I had. Um as you so you shared a little bit about how like you fell away from the faith and were kinda of living this lifestyle that was different from like what you were after you had your conversion. Um, and I think that just brought up this question for me of like, how did you deal with um or or did you have to deal with like you know looking back and missing the life that you lived before or like um temptation to go back to that and things like that or or was it just a moment of like just and some people have experiences like this just total grace and and moving forward just what was that like for you i guess
1: yeah i would say um two things i guess maybe more If i'm going to go start with two things mm-hmm. <laughs> two is a good place to start <laughs> it it took time to let go of things in a way, uh, definitely. Like, I had to really, but I also experienced a lot of grace at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that what I don't like to give my conversion story, like a lot of people want to hear the conversion story, but I don't like to give it to young people in particular because I don't want them to ever think in my mind, it's that I don't want them to have an excuse to do bad things. Yeah, like they'll say, Hell, oh, that yeah. guy, you know, he did all these things and he turned out to be a priest, right? <laughs> it's like, Well. The problem is, is that you deal with the effects of those sins no matter what. Like I still have, uh, you know, I have an addictive personality that I have to watch out for. Like I can't mm-hmm. can't do certain things because I, I'll get addicted. You know, it's just yeah. like I can't or whatever it might be. Like I, I have to deal with the consequences of those sins and thoughts from the past, you know, that will creep up on me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so I have to deal with that kind of stuff all the time. And on, I mean, it works out for my sanctification as God is good and does that, but uh it's like you would rather spare people the harm to their souls that can definitely uh, they will be healed by God. But it's like that thing where, um, you know, God uses our wounds to bring graces, right? So, like, you don't—but that doesn't mean that you go out and do a bunch of crazy things so you have more wounds to mm-hmm. be healed. Right, You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs>
3: right.
1: Yeah, so I guess to answer your question is that, yes, those things from the past still affect me, I would say definitely not as much, and there's a lot of, over time, I like what St. Francis de Sales says about um, the normal way of God healing us. He says it's more like um, a medicine that takes a long time. You have deep wounds, and God uses a long-term medicine because you need to have a full healing. It's not just a quick patch. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's slowly uh, healing the wounds, and I've experienced that. I mean, if you were to ask me, because I know this podcast is about knowing his love. Now, yeah. <laughs> if you'd ask me how I experience God's love, that's one of those ways is that uh, he continues to heal me from past sins and even my, even my mind, you know, like um, from looking at things differently uh, than I used to look at them and, and and slowly converting that to make sure that I look at things in the correct way, like through the light of faith. And uh, any when I have temptations, he helps me to conquer them faster than I used to or you know whatever it might yeah. be it's a little it's a little easier to say yes to God and no to sin mm-hmm. over many this is I mean this is over a long time long right. period like yeah. uh, since 2003 okay yeah. so so it's 17 years of of uh, falling down and getting back up basically over and over again so yeah sometimes of easiness and sometimes not so easy
0: <laughs> yeah and and that's and that's part of it for everyone I, it's something I say to like especially our our kids a lot who are trying who are really striving to like live a holy life but might fall and make a mistake like one of the best things i ever heard was like it's not about this is gonna sound so cheesy but it's really true like how many times you fall but it's about like where you're running towards as you fall like are you running away from god or are you running towards him and tripping a lot along the way (laughs) (laughs) um because you're just simply going to trip because we're small and human um (laughs) yeah but yeah so I think, but yeah, like you said, over time, you know, um, it becomes easy. It becomes easier to choose God the more that we actually put that into practice. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the more that we do, it becomes more habitual.
2: It's a mercy, know. too. I think that it takes time because uh, it teaches us to rely on him, mm-hmm. that it's not just, oh, I quit whatever and now i'm done with it and i'll never think of it again yeah Um, yeah (laughs) what about these other sinners why can't they just why can't they just (laughs) yeah i think just god he shows us that it's that we have to do it entirely with him by the fact that we're not perfect and we're prone to fall back into things that uh that we've done in the past and and it it teaches us to recognize like we can't do it on our own and that is totally okay Mm -hmm. yeah lots of humility yeah, yeah, humility is important. It trains us in humility.
0: Mm-hmm. We love humility. We love
2: it. <laughs> you mentioned it that the podcast is about how we know His love. Um, as as a priest, what are some of the ways that God has, you've experienced God's love through being a minister, like priest? Yeah, we we do things for other people, certainly. Um, but how has He ministered to you and loves you through that vocation? In lots of ways, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint. But I'll I'll just try to think of something more
1: recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So I would honestly, it's um, been the God is faithful to me. Okay, so even if we're not faithful, God is faithful, right? So what I mean by that is um, He seems to continually draw us into prayer. He draws me into prayer a lot. Like, so I don't always want to pray. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want to pray, and that's part of being a priest. We're, we have to pray for people, okay? yeah. so mm-hmm. we have to mm-hmm. offer our office and pray. Um, you know, the mass and, and other prayers too. So it's not like we, anyway, so God keeps drawing me more and more into prayer. So one of the things that I'm always thankful for is when I'm in the chapel, uh, in the church, I make sure to thank God that he's brought me there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And honestly, just, um, realizing more and more that it's good to open my heart to God. Um, and that might sound very simple and it is very simple, but it's something that I don't think we do a lot in the sense that you might want to go in and say certain kinds of prayers. Um, whatever it might be pray a or near the rosary, which all these things are great, but it's also like just going in there and saying, this is exactly how I feel, God. Um, I want to love you more. Like just naming all the things that I might struggle with in that very moment, like telling God that, uh, like, I don't want to pray right now, but I'm glad you brought me to pray. Or I don't understand what's going on with all this stuff. but, um, I'm here and I want to know, or I, like I, you know, sometimes I doubt, but I don't know if it's really doubt, you know, and mm-hmm. I, like there's all these things I just talk. I just tell God exactly what I'm thinking and I really experience his love in in those moments. I mean, I, I find that that's the most powerful kind of prayer that I can do. And it makes me want to go back because my heart's open to God and it, he's talking to me about stuff. You know, he's like he's helping me out. So
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: that's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this also like we've we've talked about this a little bit before. It's it's nice to hear that to like because priests need relationships with jesus too Mm -hmm. like i think some people just think it's like if you choose a certain vocation it's just like you have this superpower of not needing to be ministered to Mm -hmm. um so it's good for people to hear that those reminders of like that's something that i can relate to and i'm not a priest you know Mm -hmm. um so i think that's awesome
3: what? what?
1: The other? Huh? other <laughs> I say the other place that I experience God's love is, um, in the more priestly aspect. If you want to hear a more priestly aspect. Oh yeah. Is...
0: <laughs> I'm fine not relating to a
1: this lesson. one. Yeah, let's let's try to find something you can't relate to. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, in confession, which I'm sure almost every priest says, it's just uh, not always though. I have to admit, it's like sometimes you're in confession, and it's like. Yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Never heard that one before. (laughs) (laughs) What, you
1: lied to your parents? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's strange. I never heard that one. I can't believe you would do such a (laughs) thing. (laughs) But actually in the act of someone coming, it's not really necessarily like hearing a certain set of sins. It's the fact that people come to confession is very beautiful. Mm. Or another thing, because we can be discouraged as priests. We're working with grace, okay? So like... Like you can't, and we're working with we're working with freedom, so nobody. I can't make you go. I mean, I could, but it'd be horrible. I could make yeah. maybe make some people go to church or something. That'd be tough. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the point is we're working with people's freedom, and we're working with God's grace, and so we have to really trust God. So like, it can be discouraging whenever like it seems like people don't get it or it's not really it's not working. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like what all the effort you put into. And I often think of. Uh, the curse of Adam you know by thorns and thistles you shall bring forth fruit from the land and I feel like that's God wants us to do it that way a lot and this goes back to humility he humbles us by working all this doing all the stuff we do you know it's just like it doesn't produce anything but then his grace comes and these seemingly magical I I don't use that word in the bad sense but in the good sense of Mm -hmm. you know miraculous good magic yeah Mm -hmm. good the good word (laughs) like you know like a Tolkien or something yeah yeah Yeah. But uh, a truly wonderf- wondrous experience of just seeing people—like, people will come into the church in the middle of the night and pray, like because I'm there late often, and I, right. people just show up. I've had, like, random non-Catholics come to the church, and they're just there. They just come, and they kneel before the tabernacle. Wow. It's like they just come. And, uh, and I've had people who are converts who didn't come because they heard anything that I did. You know, it's like they're they coming because they fe- God drew them and said, was, like, speaking to them in prayer and said, you need to become a Catholic. Mm-hmm. and there they are they're That's at the doorstep yeah and
0: they're ready to do it yeah
1: it's pretty sweet god's mm-hmm. pretty good mm-hmm. he is he's, he's also he... tricky though that bothers me <laughs> he's
0: he's a tricky guy that <laughs> jesus <laughs> he gets you it's like his
1: ways are above our ways <laughs>
0: yeah. <don't> know, so. <laughs> or something like that i don't know i uh, so this is kind of along the same lines but um what is like one experience that you had in your priesthood where you just not necessarily in a miraculous way, could be miraculous, I'm not going to, you know, limit your answer here, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you just remember God really, I don't know, just showing you his love in a very powerful way, whether it was like through a certain experience ministering to someone or whether it was through certain experience with you personally, like what, what I guess is something that comes to mind there.
1: Singular experiences don't come to mind, but Just times like when people are dying kind of come to mind in general, but also my time in um, Cambridge, Ohio, because I was chaplain of a grade school there. Wow, which uh, at first I thought I wouldn't because I was chaplain at Catholic Central, Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was I forgot, yeah, and then I was in Athens where that was you know a college town, so I was mainly talking to college students and Mm -hmm. the normal parishioners there. And so, grade school, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm gonna like like trying to teach kids or something like that. But it was such an amazing experience to like have these little kids because they kind of love you without you doing anything. Like you're like a superhero without having done anything, you know? <laughs> and the way that they, it's just like the joy they have on their faces when you get to see. Like, I would go down to the lunchroom and talk with them, and they would be like, ah, you know, just, yeah, just to, so yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah just so happy. And they would, and then when they play on the playground, they like do little dances, like little happy dances <laughs> <laughs> that no one would do as a, a teenager, especially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. after the teenage
0: years, but certainly yeah. not like in the. <laughs> They're not yeah.
1: afraid. Yeah, they not do that. Like, right. No, it's so, but so that experience of those kids and their, their um, docility to, learning about god and their you know ability to pray that kind of stuff really i know that's a it's not like god showing me his love in like an experiential way inside of me personally but it's just uh how the beauty again of innocence i guess which was one of the first things that brought me back to god was yeah. recognizing innocence mm. and how it's good and uh
2: god loves the innocent so
0: yeah that's, that's awesome. a cool
2: connection i didn't think about that yeah yeah if if you had like Five minutes with somebody who said, "Father, I just want to grow spiritually. I want to, I want to be holy." What would you point them to as kind of either like particular ways to pray, or even if there are things that have heavily affected you, whether a kind of prayer or even a book or something like that mm-hmm. uh, that you think would be really helpful? What well, would be?
1: bookwise, I'd tell anybody to read anything by Jacques Philippe. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because he's really good at helping people pray and learning about prayer. He's the man. He is. He's the man. (laughs) His books are pretty good.
2: He came to our school last year.
1: Yeah? Yeah, Yeah. he did. The Frenchman? Yeah. Did he have a translator? He did. He was very French. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's he. I mean, he really is French. They aren't lying about it.
2: Magnifique. <laughs> yeah, pressy small, pressy small, bro. Prissant. We went to France yesterday together. Or yesterday, last, yeah. yesterday, <laughs> last
0: year. I just, I don't know why I looked at you confused because I knew that didn't happen yesterday. <laughs>
2: We're magical
1: too. Yeah, we can Good go magic. to France. We can go to France and back. Year,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh yeah no so reading Jacques Philippe is uh, good um, but personally I think that um, learning how to pray the scriptures how to pray with scripture is extremely important so I'm definitely in love with the Psalms and that has been that way for a long time I know that's not everybody's uh, case but um, that meditation basically is learning how to if you are to meditate on scripture I think one of the best things to start doing is to think about the words that you read so for example like If you read like the just man is like a cedar of Lebanon, uh, to actually think of a cedar, you know, or if you don't know what a cedar, just a big tree, you know, (laughs) think of it like as a tree planted by running water. And to allow those images, Scripture is full of these images, and we often just pass over them or say them as words, but it's, you can have the images come into your, use your imagination basically is what I'm saying. Whenever you're praying, you should use your imagination to focus yourself and to think about the good things that God is trying to tell you through the Scriptures, uh, number one, time, right? You got to spend, even if it's just 15 minutes, just spend time uh, with God. And maybe this is number one. Actually, I don't know. I'm bad <laughs> at numbering things, so forgive me. <laughs> number one, number two, they're all they're all good. It's all the same. Yeah. A um, tie for number one. <laughs> yeah, to give thanks. So if mm-hmm. you want to grow in the spiritual life, you got to learn to give thanks uh, for everything. So even whenever things are difficult, you got to start to learn to thank God for the opportunity to be humbled, usually, is a usual case when things aren't going well, and thank God that you don't know everything because then you'd be arrogant and proud. You know, just to learn, like, learn to thank Him for those, and especially thank Him for the good things that are always going on all the time. Like, thank, the uh, one uh, psalm that I used to, that's not a psalm, the canticle of um, the three young men. Daniel. In the furnace. Yeah, in the furnace. The three men in the furnace, their canticle, (laughs) their song, it praises everything in creation and when you first start saying that you're like oh my goodness how long is this thing it's about everything you know cuz it praises it praises every part of creation like the the it's like
2: earth and wind praise the lord yeah ice and chill praise the lord yeah
1: yeah Dew and rain bless the lord yeah mm-hmm. everything everything's got to bless the lord
0: you a good point Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so
1: at first it seemed crazy but then you realize well it's actually the, it's ordered in the order of Genesis of how things are created which is mm-hmm. pretty cool and then it's going it's going through everything that's what uh, so you gotta be able to praise God because a lot of I think about it because a lot of people don't like uh, snowy days or mm-hmm. cold mm-hmm. days or windy right. you know. but you gotta bless all those things so mm-hmm. anyway that'd be my advice praise the Lord all the time give some time to God and uh, try to meditate on scripture
2: that's great
0: listen I'm gonna take that advice
2: Oh look! See, you it worked. Got a convert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: officially Catholic. Wow! <laughs> After all this time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we usually end the show. <laughs> with I was going I was just about to ask okay. if it was
0: time for that. I was ready.
2: <laughs> we usually end the show by sharing a way that God has been loving us recently, and uh, maybe we start with a guest. I don't remember, but are you are you prepared to? Well, think of something like I that? Didn't think
1: something else because I partially shared that. You already. did, yeah. It's true. So why
2: don't usually we go first and then mm-hmm. and then you can get to it.
0: Yeah, it's usually like something in the past week. Mm-hmm. Okay, and sometimes it's this big thing, and I think I've definitely said hot dogs before, mm-hmm. and also dogs, like both the, dogs. The, and I almost hot said dog. the human kind.
3: <laughs> 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 Whoa, <Yeah. laughs> dogs are not human.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. to clarify, it's everyone. <laughs> anyway. But I've also said some more meaningful things.
1: Okay. Well, I think I'll maybe I, let me go
2: second. How about that? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Father, would you like to go first? I can first? go. Okay. I,
2: I, I thought about it. Um, as you know, this week, this past week, I did a little vacation. You did. And uh, guys' trip. Okay, it was a real guys' <laughs> trip. And uh, I shot a machine gun. Yeah, well, so oh, was, I saw. Was, was pretty <laughs> great. But uh, just that um, gift of stepping away from normal life. Which I love, and I like what I do, and I like where I am, and the people I work with. But stepping away from all that, and just kind of not like not focusing on anything in particular was very helpful. And it was it was a it was a group of Catholic men, so we had mass because there were priests there, obviously, and uh, prayed together and things like that. But just that uh, gift of retreat basically mm-hmm. and that's always helpful so yeah that's the way that god loved me recently
0: awesome mm-hmm. what about you father number two <laughs>
2: i'm number two <laughs>
0: hey you volunteered to be number yeah, two okay no. <laughs> <laughs> no complaining over here he is the elder priest that's <laughs> right. <is> sort of, <laughs> so old <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: i would say just i have to go back to quiet prayer uh i Falling asleep in prayer. How about that? That's yeah. even a little different because a lot of Saint people don't Therese. think about that. Yeah, little, little Yeah, that's right. Uh, just, um, you know, sometimes I can't calm myself down. So, and I know, I remember this experience from seminary too. So I'll just go to pray then. And uh, instead of praying, I'll pass out. And uh I, I'm pretty sure it's because the Lord, it's like you have to put someone to sleep to do surgery on them.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, that's a good point.
1: Whenever I'm all wired up, the Lord just like totally takes it. I'll, I'll wake up from that sleep in the chapel and be 100% at peace. It's amazing. It's it's just got to put myself there and let God work. Otherwise, I'll, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of other bad things will happen.
0: Yeah, That's a great answer. Yeah. I love that.
2: That no, we should feel guilty for falling asleep. They should not feel prayer. guilty for falling asleep. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it, happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. So Molly, um, how about you? Yeah, we so we went back to school This week, um, after Christmas break, and it's just it was just a great week. It was kind of hard transitioning back, for sure. As it is, any time that you're like on a vacation, you go back to work. But, um, the kids are just so fun. They're always so fun. But like the last day, for example, I went to my office, and a kid had brought me a full bag of chips and buffalo dip just to eat, (laughs) and just like cute things like that. They just they love me a lot um, and show me it and going into a job like this is not something I really expected. You know, it's like you go into any sort of ministry and you're like, you're there to serve and that's for sure true. But when you, so I was just struck by the fact that like when you follow God's will for your life, he will not only use you, but he will like use his will to minister to, to you as well. And I found that a lot. Throughout my whole time at Catholic Central, but especially uh, this week was just in in big and little ways. um, He was showing me that. Um, So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. We got the best kids.
2: They are. (laughs) 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 You can hear Father Jonah's grunt over
0: there. Did you have any of the kids that we have now? No. I shouldn't. No. Okay. It's
2: been
1: five years or something. Um, I always forget you've been there that long. Yeah. Yeah. I am very happy that Father Michael took the chaplaincy. I think he—he's a better chaplain than I am.
0: <laughs> All I know is he's an amazing one. Yeah. That's for sure. I, I never mean, he experienced. He made like a, a whole chaplain. tower room. And, and <laughs> oh, he, he built it. By <laughs> myself. He built the like tower. Built the tower. <laughs> no, we are very blessed to have him. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> it's good I'll to be affirmed at the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All week the kids were like, "Where's?" Where's father? And you know that there's like a group of girls that come to lunch mm-hmm. often, and they were like, "I bet he misses being here for our for our girl gab." I was like, <laughs> "I bet he does. To so talk about all your boy problems. It's a <laughs> he, real he loves it's being the there. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being with us, Father Jonas. This was great. Thanks for having um, me on. Yeah, come back soon.
2: Yeah. And okay. uh, <laughs> any listeners, if you want to share how God has loved you. We would love to hear that. Yeah. And uh, anything else, anything you want us to talk about, any questions you have, please, yeah, go to knowhis.love or uh, knowhis.love on Instagram and let us know.
0: Let us know.
2: Let us know. <laughs> let it snow. Let it uh, s- <laughs> So we will see. This <laughs> well, killed her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. You Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>